Welcome to the SNR Podcast. I'm your host, Salima Ismail. Today, we speak with Suzanne Miller, an HRO expert at Safe and Reliable, whose charisma and openness help her clients make meaningful improvements to their systems and culture. What's especially interesting is that Suzanne doesn't have your typical healthcare professional origin story. So nursing was really a second career for me. I started out my first career as a business graduate and owned a small business for a while and was in sales and was in high tech for some time and really didn't feel very fulfilled. I remember just thinking to myself, like, this is a job. It's not a career. It's not meaningful work to me. And I thought, well, I just don't want to do what I'm doing anymore. And I said, I'm, I'm going to go to school and become a nurse. Completely out of left field. Took my husband completely by surprise. And he said, what? I've never heard you talk about being a nurse. You know, why would you possibly be doing this kind of in the middle of your career? And for me, it was simply a flexible job that I could do, you know, work three 12-hour shifts and kind of call it a day. I didn't know anyone who was a nurse. I don't come from a healthcare family. And so it was really simply that I thought, well, this will be great because I can do this and be home with my daughter more often. And so that was kind of how it happened. What I quickly found out is that I absolutely loved being a nurse and I loved taking care of patients and I loved the connection with my patients. In addition to her passion for taking care of patients, Suzanne also developed a passion for patient safety due to some pivotal events that occurred as she was starting out. I had a couple errors early on in my nursing career that really scared me, really made it very aware to me that I could actually kill a patient inadvertently or I could harm a patient. I had a patient who had an IV, but we were no longer infusing any medications or fluids for that patient. And so when you're self-infusing anything, but you want to keep the IV accessible, we do something that we call a HEPLOC. And every few hours, you flush the, the IV catheter with saline to make sure that it stays patent. And then you put the cap back on. If you think about an IV catheter, it's a direct line into a vein. Well, I forgot to put the cap back on. And I left the patient's room and I went about some other business. And then luckily, but the IV gods were looking down on me. I had to go back into his room for some reason. And, and I immediately saw a huge pool of blood. So this patient had actually started to bleed out of his catheter. I mean, if I think about how many IV flushes nurses do on a daily basis, I thought, oh my gosh, like this is what they're talking about when they talk about avoidable patient harm. I was terrified. Unfortunately, this was not the only time Suzanne had a close call. And then another error that I made was I had probably been a nurse for all of about two weeks. And I had a patient who was in a tremendous amount of pain. And I had orders to give that patient two milligrams of morphine every two hours. What I was doing was taking the glass vial of the morphine, inserting the syringe, and sucking the, the liquid out into saline to dilute the medication so that it wouldn't hurt as much going into this patient's IV. Well, what I didn't realize was the glass vial had a like a vapor lock and the medication was stuck at the top of the vial. So I wasn't sucking any medication out with the syringe. So I was essentially giving this patient saline, just normal saline over the period of about 10 hours. This pain was so out of control 
by the time I realized what I had been doing, it was awful. He was screaming in agony. And I was beside myself because here I thought I had been giving him morphine this whole time. And I had only been giving him morphine. These experiences, amongst others, made Suzanne come to a significant realization. You realize how fragile, how amazingly resilient and strong the human body is, but also how fragile if we find the right thing that harms a patient. The physician writes the orders and the nurses carry out the orders. But any one of us at any time can make an error. We can pull the wrong medication out of a Pixis machine. We can transpose numbers or letters and give the wrong dose of something to a patient. We can take a medication meant for a patient in one room and accidentally administer it to the patient in another room. These things happen. They happen all the time. And what I remember thinking is, you know, I just have to do a better job. I have to not make mistakes. Well, that's not realistic. We're human. We're going to make mistakes. And so that's the reason I find this work so fulfilling and rewarding is that it's not about telling people, do better, don't make mistakes. It's about fixing processes and making it so incredibly hard to make a mistake that we give really safe care. This profound understanding of the essence of patient safety paired with her business acumen allowed Suzanne to rise through the ranks of healthcare quickly. I left the bedside and had a variety of different roles, education, regulatory, quality, risk, and compliance. And with each new role, I just fell more and more in love with taking care of patients, keeping patients safe. And it's really been my philosophy and goal with each job I take to really increase my sphere of influence with regards to patient safety. And it wasn't until I was a chief nursing officer in a seven hospital health system where one of our sister hospitals had uh, an error that reached a seven-month-old baby and actually a fatal error. Please note, the following story is incredibly upsetting. I will never forget, I was sitting in a board meeting and someone interrupted the board meeting, came over and whispered into the ear of um, the CEO of my sister hospital. And he immediately got up and left the room. And I thought something bad has happened. And I came to find out that a family had brought in their baby with a known heart problem. And so they weren't strangers to the emergency department, unfortunately. So they came into the emergency department and it was an incredibly busy day. The nurse that they were assigned to had both adults and pediatric patients because this emergency department didn't have its own pediatric emergency room. So this nurse was also an agency nurse. So he hadn't been a regular part of that staff. He was there. I don't remember how long he had been there. What happened was in a move to be very collegial and to have teamwork, another nurse pulled out a medication. The agency nurse thought it was a medication for the baby, when in fact it was a cardiac medication meant for an adult patient. The agency nurse administered the IV medication, and within 17 minutes, the baby had gone into cardiac arrest. It wasn't for another 30 minutes while that medication was infusing that the team realized that the infant was getting the wrong medication. They immediately discontinued the medication, but unfortunately, all of their life-saving efforts didn't work, and the baby passed away. So Suzanne and her team took action. What ensued after that event 
was really our entire health system analyzing and scrutinizing all of the different things that led to this error. It was really a moment of self-reflection to say, if this happened to this nurse in this patient, it could happen to any one of us. So what we did is we dissected the event. We looked at everything from the environment to the education and competencies of the nurse to the patient assignment selection, the way medications were defense, the way that we identified our patients. So out of this event came um, about six major system-wide improvement efforts aimed at creating safer patient medication delivery. Even though they were able to put measures in place to prevent this type of mix-up happening again, there is no going back from the tragic outcome of the original situation. The saddest thing to me about this story is is family's loss, right? This community's loss in this infant who had a whole life ahead of him. Knowing that I've made errors in my nursing career that luckily didn't result in patient harm, but I can only imagine for those nurses involved in this incident that you could never step foot again into a hospital. But it really reinforced my mission in life, which is to do everything in my power, (laughs) I guess, to make care as safe as possible. To achieve this mission, Suzanne realized she had to take her actions to the next level. I realized that I had to do more with regards to patient safety. It wasn't enough for me to just have a sphere of influence at my small hospital. And so I went into consulting to work on performance improvement throughout hospitals and to really partner with hospitals and to identify the areas that they were most at risk for harming patients. Lo and behold, I was actually in a place to recommend safe and reliables consulting to one of my clients. And I happened to see that there was a job opening on the safe and reliable website. And so having had worked with Dr. Leonard back when I was a CNO, I remember thinking, well, it would be my dream come true to work with Dr. Leonard in the future. And so I jumped at the opportunity and it was amazing. I don't know if you know this part, but I was interviewing while my mom was dying. So I would be like in the hospital talking to Ann Peach. It was crazy, but I, it was all meant to be, you know, and I think my mom was like looking down when I got the offer and, you know. While working at Safe and Reliable, Suzanne has been able to really nail down the biggest risks to patient safety that she has observed throughout her career. I think so much of the risk lies in a, in a few different places as I've seen it trending across the country. One is communication breakdowns. So people well-intentioned don't get the right messages to the right people at the right time. I think the other piece that's really, really important and it we as, a, as an industry have not done a good job of cracking the nut on helping support nurse managers. Oftentimes we do this. We say, hey, Salima, you're an outstanding bedside nurse. Now you get to be charge nurse. And then we say, hey, Salima, you're an outstanding charge nurse. Now you get to be the assistant nurse manager. And then your manager leaves and you assume the role of manager. But we don't do a good job of really giving those folks the professional development they need. The other thing that worries me at times when I'm working with hospitals is seeing the politics or the silos between departments, sometimes those aren't in alignment with other leaders. And so start to see gaps and we start to see certain things getting pushed aside for other things to prioritize. And, and oftentimes they're not patient-centered in their nature. 
And after encountering all of these risks, here's what Suzanne believes are the right patient-centered steps forward. I would say for leaders to make it evidently clear that you want the voice of the staff. You want to know what the staff struggles are, and you want to help remove those barriers. They are the people at the bedside that might forget to put the cap back on the IV catheter, right? So whether that's rounding on units or having forums in which people can speak up, but you have to know what the staff are dealing with. They are the experts. And then you have to follow through. Once you start doing that, it will work so more people will speak up. It's not fun to hear about the event after the fact, and it's not fun to have to have a conversation with a family member of a patient that you've harmed. So understanding what the problems are, and as safe and reliable, we call them the pebbles in their shoes. Understanding what those pebbles are and removing those pebbles before they become a harm event, that's something that any leader should want to have happen. Oftentimes in healthcare, we try to make the problems bigger than they are. If we seek clarity in a respectful way, I think we can get so much more accomplished. I can't believe how many times I watch and observe people make assumptions about other people or about other people's intent. And that's not just in the workplace, right? That's in my personal life as well. So not assuming we know what someone is thinking, what someone is feeling, but really asking that person. I think especially right now with the pandemic, we have no idea how people are dealing and coping with this. I oftentimes will refer to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if I have an interaction with someone and it doesn't feel nice and it doesn't feel right, and perhaps I feel a little hurt, I try to think about where that person might be on Maslow's. And I give them grace to think, you know, maybe today is just not a day of self-actualization. Maybe today is about security. When I think of, of the work that we do, and it seems insurmountable, right? Because healthcare is massive. But I remember that if the things that I do can help even just one patient or can help one staff member feel more engaged and less burned out, then hopefully I've, I've done my job. If you have any questions for Suzanne Miller or any other requests, please email us at podcast at srh.care. That's all for today. The Safe and Reliable podcast was produced and edited by me, Salima Ismail. Our theme music was produced by MonkeyMan535 from freesound.org. Special thanks to Suzanne Miller. And a very special thanks to you for tuning in. See you again soon.